Uh, on the telephone now is a former governor. Uh, you know, anytime I have a governor on, I ask this question. And so far, and I've talked to, I don't know, five or six or seven or eight former governors in the past couple of years. So far, I've never gotten a yes. Governor, uh, will you pardon me? <laughs> I guess that's not a I yes. I think of all the people that would be deserving of a consideration of a pardon, you would certainly be one of them. You'd uh, be number one on my list. Well, that's as close as I've gotten. I'm talking to uh, <laughs> Martin Schreiber, who is former governor of the state of Wisconsin. And before we talk about the book in My Two Elaine's Learning, Coping, and Surviving as an Alzheimer's Caregiver, which one can learn about your perspective as a caregiver. Uh, I wanted to hear your perspective of what just happened with the election, Uh, the Reds versus the Blues, and it turns out those Blues, and you are a Democrat, I believe, so you must have been awfully happy. Well, that's a fact. But, Steve, uh, just... Uh, just for a moment, I'm sitting here thinking about WGN. In 1957, I attended the Valparaiso University, and we used to listen to WGN in the morning uh, at the time, getting up to get the news and so forth. In my wildest dreams, never, ever did I think I would be able to be on WGN uh, in, in, in a discussion, in a discussion like this. So thank you for that. So what happened? Well, uh, the Democrats uh, bucked up against a very, very heavy headwind of, uh, what, the price of gasoline, the inflation, uh, the allegations of crime being, uh, every a bit of their responsibility. And it seemed that what happened was the, the people, uh, across the country, at least those, uh, in between those, uh, those moderates, um, and, and in between, they decided that it may be the preservation of the democracy uh, trumped all, uh, no pun intended, uh, trumped all of the other <laughs> issues, uh, as yes. I said, since uh, since gasoline or, or inflation or, or crime. And, um, and, and I think that's what happened. Hmm. Uh, how about in your state? So Wisconsin, and I'm shocked. I'm honored to have you on, and I'm so surprised that you've never been on this radio station. Uh, so, I, I am. Wisconsin's a part of our listening area, very, very much so. And Wisconsin's a state that I believe it depends on where you are. So Madison and Milwaukee have their politics, and the rest of the state, more or less, maybe with the exception of Lacrosse, has their politics. Uh, so it can go either way. Were you surprised at the way it did go? Well, quite frankly, um, I'm surprised we ran as good as we did. Um, it was always a nip and tuck between the governor uh, candidates and also the U.S. Senate candidates, but we were also very fearful that the Republicans would get a supermajority in both houses there by even if Governor Evers would win, uh, he you know, would be almost an inactive governor because they could do whatever they wanted by overriding his, his vetoes. So, uh, but, but we take a look at that and, and, and you're right. It just seems that the, uh, suburban housewife, um, is, is becoming more attuned, uh, to concerns, for example, making their own decisions as it relates to some very, very personal matters. And I think that may have an indication or that may have had one of the impacts on this election. I think that's true nationwide, actually, and that's a very good point. So let me talk about my two Elaine's learning, coping, and surviving as an Alzheimer's caregiver. Uh, you write in the book that watching your wife, Elaine, that's who you write, write about, transform into a person 
who you no longer recognize in the same way. And you allude to the fact that, in a sense, you've had two wives, the, the Elaine with Alzheimer's and the, Elaine's, the Elaine before. How did you first hear that when the diagnosis for Alzheimer's was made, and what was your response, and what was Elaine's response? Well, first of all, it, it creeps up on you. And uh, she was getting lost going to and from places she was going to and from for the last 10 years. And Elaine, it didn't happen on the Thursday. It happened on a Friday. It wasn't the Smiths. It was the Joneses. And she would come up with things that I just never imagined she would come up with. Well, then we went to, um, you know, we had a regular family doctor and the doctor said you had better get her tested by a psychiatrist. And so that was uh, the, 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 the beginning. That goes back. Uh, Steve, that goes back almost 20 years ago now. And what one of the reasons I wrote the book is because you get that diagnosis and it's terrible because you know what's going to be happening. You know that the person's mind is going to be, be disappearing. And so the, the, the only guidance I got, and this is my fault as much as anybody else's, but the, the guidance I got was Numenda and Aricep, which are two drugs which are supposed to slow down the symptoms, and then socialization, and then going for a walk, which is the best exercise for a brain, and then a glass of red wine every evening. Well, Elaine got four weeks ahead with a glass of red wine and two weeks behind in the walking. But uh, So when, when I tried to figure out what to do, I went to the library and I looked under Alzheimer's, and oh my gosh, there were so many different books complicated to a degree, probably very good, but it did not give me the kind of, of, of direct man-to-man discussion uh, that I am trying to give in, in my book. And that is that we have to join the world of this person who now is. Because Steve, when I tried to keep Elaine in my world, it was anxiety, it was frustration. And what I was able to do before I went to press, I found a series of notes and journals that Elaine had been keeping since her diagnosis. And I was able to go through those notes and journals with my two daughters. And what that will do when people read that, those notes at the beginning of every chapter, uh, her, her diary, they are going to more clearly understand the courage that it takes to be diagnosed with this illness, but then also understand how important a caregiver is in the life of this person who is now ill. And so um, it's, it's a tough role. I, I just had breakfast this morning with, the, with, with someone who I'd known for maybe 40 years, and, and he and I sat across from the breakfast table, and at times he had to hold back tears because we had to discuss what, the challenges were with his wife hmm. and now going on with, with Alzheimer's and it's, it's tough. It's a tough, tough journey. But you say in the book that you have to, as a, as a man, you have to kind of drop your uh, ego. What do you, what do you mean by that? Well, um, first of all, we men don't like to ask for directions, right? We're just, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're egocentric. And so what happened was I took it on myself to fight Alzheimer's. Well, 20 years ago, when Elaine was diagnosed, almost uh, 20 years ago, it, Alzheimer's could not be cured, delayed, or prevented. 
today it cannot be cured, delayed, or prevented. Right. So, but that's okay by me. I was going to fight this disease, and I was going to keep Elaine home with me, and and I I was going to correct her and make sure that she wasn't going to be continuing to make such silly statements or hiding the the, the keys in the dishwasher, so forth. But then I began to understand that if I'm a real man, I have to have the courage to ask for help. And then I began to understand that asking for help as a a male caregiver, asking for help is not only a sign of courage, but it's refusing to give up. If we're we're surrounded by an enemy and we know that there's help available and we refuse to uh, go, go for that help, that's giving up. And, and caregivers, we caregivers cannot give up. So we have to understand this disease. And one of the points that I just try to drive home, and that is if Alzheimer's is bad, ignorance of the disease is worse. And ignorance of the disease by the medical profession, ignorance of the disease by, by caregivers, myself, who do not understand when there is this diagnosis, there's two patients, the person who is ill and also the caregiver, because more uh, often than we would ever like caregivers die before their loved one because of the unbelievable strain, uh, the anxiety, uh, the lack of taking care of oneself, the increase in emotional stress. Uh, All of that leads then to the fact where I tried in my book to help caregivers learn, cope, and survive. And and it's like I went to the mountaintop and I, I saw what was happening and now I'm sitting by the trail and someone else is coming along. And I said, wait a minute, before you go, please sit and visit with me for a little bit. Let me just tell you just a little bit about what you might expect and how maybe you can survive and maybe even thrive, but also not miss out on moments of joy, which ordinarily you would do if you don't understand this disease. In that book, My Two Elaines, Learning, Coping, and Surviving as an Alzheimer's Caregiver, we're talking to the former governor, uh, Martin Schreiber of uh, Wisconsin, some strategies for caring for yourself as well as the caregiver when we come back. And your telephone calls, 312-981-7200. Steve Dale's Other World on WGN. Right here on the telephone, it is the former governor of the state of Wisconsin. Not sure if he wants to pardon me yet. Well, I'm working on it. And that is Martin Schreiber. Uh, the name of the book is in My Two Elaines, Learning, Coping, and Surviving as an Alzheimer's Caregiver. I have a text here. Uh, that is asking this question. If you have just one piece of advice, what would it be? I presume that this person uh, may have had a loved one recently diagnosed. Join their world. Uh, Join their world. And along with that, understand that if Alzheimer's is bad, ignorance of the disease is worse. So know about this disease. I'm not talking about how the brain uh, you know, the, the, the different kinds of the medical research. I'm just talking about the fact that your loved one is, is going to be slipping away and and by joining their world, you're going to make their life easier and better and it's going to also make the caregiver's life easier and better and maybe even a greater opportunity for moments of joy, which one thinks might never happen after you get this diagnosis, but they're there. Hmm. Uh, a similar question here. Uh, I have a friend. I want to support that friend whose wife was just diagnosed. What's the best way to do that? Uh, to, to, the, the main thing that a friend can do is simply acknowledge the, the, what the caregiver is going through. 
And I think once once that happens, it, it's such a relief for the caregiver to have a, a friend contact them and say, look, at, I, I really understand. One point that is so realistic and why this question is so important, uh, Alzheimer's is not a chicken casserole disease. So if I have a bad heart, I'm recovering at home, people will bring me a chicken casserole. If, if I have hip surgery and I'm laid up, they'll bring me a chicken casserole. But with Alzheimer's, because people are ignorant about it, they're afraid of it. Friends that you may have had for 25, 30, 40 years will, will not want to be in contact with, because they don't know what to do. They're, 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 they, they just don't, and, and so they stay away. And so that makes the life of the caregiver even, even that much more challenging, even that much more lonely, and even feeling that, you know, you're, you're, you're being avoided. And, and, and so to one, the number one, acknowledge what the caregiver uh, is going through that you might really sort of understand. No one can really understand unless you live it, but I think you can get to that point of acknowledging and then say, what can I do for you? Uh, then the, uh, then the next point would be, can I go to the store? And that has to be something specific because caregivers will never, if you say, I'll call me if I can help you, they say, sure, uh, but they won't do it. Uh, so the, the more you can offer specific, like I'll pick up the medications or I'll take the dog for a walk or I'll cut your lawn or what what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you say uh, in the book, in fact, you have tips for people in the book. Uh, can you offer one or two of those? I mean, the book is filled with them, so you, I, I know, so you have to get the book, friends, if you're interested in In My Two Elaine's Learning, Coping, and Surviving as an Alzheimer's Caretaker, uh, we've, Caregiver, we've given a couple of tips here, you have, uh, do you have one or two more? Oh, oh yeah, I, I didn't hear the, 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 the no, I have, well, uh, one, one of the things is what I call therapeutic fitting. Uh, Elaine asked me once how her parents were. Well, I said, they're both dead. Well, the shock on her face when she realized she didn't say goodbye, much less attend the funeral. Hmm. I promised I would never put her through that again. And so next time she asked me, I said, well, they're wonderful. I said, your mom likes uh, her work at church. Your dad, like, oh, she said, that makes me feel so good. Well, that's therapeutic fibbing, joining their world. Now, I do have to caution the listeners that therapeutic fibbing may not work the first five years of marriage, but... Therapeutic fibbing is, is, is one of the tips. But then also redirection. Uh, it's five, it's, it's nine thirty in the morning. Elaine said, I want a glass of wine. No, you can't have a glass of wine. No, that's not the answer. The answer is you want red wine or white wine. Do you want it in a tall glass or in a smaller glass? Do you want to drink it with your sisters or do you want to drink it with, uh, with the neighbors? Redirection. In other words, not taking head on because you're not going to win an argument with this Alzheimer's. Once once a, 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 a patient has made up their mind about something, it's almost impossible to change it unless it's through redirection. And then let's assume redirection might not work. Well, what is wrong with someone having a glass of wine at 930 in the morning if they don't know it's morning, noon, or night anyway? Uh, probably nothing. Mm-hmm. And so uh, also to understand that when um, a, a a patient is is irritable and, and so forth, we almost have to go back to as if it would be a child of, of two to four years old and they're crying. Well, why are they crying? They could be in discomfort. And, and we may take their actions 
in, in a negative manner and, and try and rebuff them. But the first question is, why is that person acting this way? Uh, are they in discomfort? Uh, are they hungry? Uh, are there other issues there? Uh, that is so important to understand, and that is to take a look at what could be the cause of their irritability. Well, Governor, time goes by very quickly on the radio. The name of the book, In My Two Elaines, Learning, Coping, and Surviving as an Alzheimer's Caregiver, Martin Schreiber, former governor of Wisconsin, now known more as an Alzheimer's supporter. Thank you very much for all the work you do. My my pleasure, Steve. I, I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you. What a pleasure to talk to him. And hopefully we will again. Fred Winston after the news.